Let's go. You're listening to Attack the Pod, a podcast with news, views, and how-tos inspired by Amsterdam's biggest, biggest best, best, and most international triathlon and cycling club with your hosts, Neil and Matt. And here we are, podcast number two zero, Matt. We're on podcast number 20. 20, who'd been, have thought we'd make it that far? I know, we've been in double figures now for 10, 10 podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Although, when I say make it that far, we're like, we're crawling, we've barely we made it that far, because it's like walking wounded <laughs> at the moment, right? It kind of is, on all fronts, not just of how we're feeling, but also just pulling it together that we've got to do the <laughs> podcast. Well, anyway, I'm Neil and we've got Matt, um, Hello. co-host, and we're, we're here for podcast number 20, so... We've called this the illness episode. <laughs> Seems <laughs> apt. <laughs> but really, it's a, it's a sort of update on how the camp went and what went on at the camp and stuff, uh, the, the the training camp. We're going to talk a little bit about the news. There's been um, some some big races have happened. There's going to be uh, the World Champs is coming up. Uh, some attack news. We've got a full new leadership team, so we're going to have a quick chat about that. Um, then we're going to talk about, there's always questions come up about should I do this, should I not, new technologies, new equipment. So we're going to, I'm going to pick one and we're going to go through that and look at the pros and cons from, from our perspective. And then, and then we'll be done at that. Now it sounds short, but we have a, we're very good at making it really long. <laughs> we have so, a tendency to go long. We're endurance athletes, so. Exactly. So on that, um, we'll, we'll dive straight in. Right, so we are going to talk about what we've been up to, <laughs> which is, uh, well, what? Ha- well, where, where should we start? I mean, we, we the the training camp, I think, is a good place to yeah, start, right? I, think I was going to say, we could talk about other things we've been up to, but I think every, all, well, both of our experiences have been so heavily shaped by what did or didn't happen at the Mallorca <laughs> training camp that uh, it's kind of hard to avoid it so yeah let's get straight into that right so general overview of the camp right so we went on the 20th of march actually went to mallorca um yeah. northeast of the island was it yeah uh, same as always uh, yeah. muro okay. uh, playa del muro in the northeast yeah. Yeah. so there were so let's start with this there was due to be 47 <laughs> of us and i think there were 42 <laughs> and then there so, were three <laughs> <laughs> so we lost five in the sort of couple of days uh, leading up to it with uh, positive covid checks yeah. uh, tests sorry yeah. which was always inevitable we knew that was going to happen but it's obviously disappointing yeah but uh yeah and the rest you know the other 42 made it which is you know pretty pretty good going I we think, were dropping. You know, high we percentage were, we were dropping that's it <laughs> and uh so late broad strokes like really great camp great people really good time uh the hotel and and sort of the training was great but we had definitely our worst week of weather um, yeah it wasn't great of the three they was Luckily, it was warm enough, like sort of at sea level, like 15, 16 degrees, but it was quite wet. Yeah. That said, we managed to pretty much swim, bike, run every day. So we did get out. It wasn't sort of limiting, but definitely sort of up in the climbs was a little bit wet, wetter and mistier than, than you would sort of um, ideally have. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, unfortunately, quite early on in the camp, uh, illness struck. Illness struck. I can talk about that firsthand, but first of all, I should also mention we're going to hear from some people who were at camp and how their experience was of it. I think that'll be quite fun to to hear their perspective. So we'll play some of them uh, later. 
Uh, yeah, right. So I got sick. <laughs> you got um, really sick. I got sick on the first day. Actually. <laughs> well, actually, no. We arrived on the Sunday, and I, I, I'm going to be honest. I was absolutely pumped for camp. Like I, at this, I, I had not a great start to the year with um, just a cold and then COVID and then camp. And I was like, that's my turning point. Camp is going to be. It. I was absolutely pumped. Um, and we got there the Sunday, it was a great early flight and everyone, well, maybe this is a reflection of how pumped I was and I don't know, everyone's like, you coming out on your bike? I'm like, nah, I'm watching Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first Formula One of the season, I was, I'm not missing that, not after the, not after the, um, the, the, the closing of the last season. But anyway, so maybe I wasn't as pumped as I thought. But so, you, th- you thought you were being smart, right? Like, because you'd had a, a really early start, uh, an early yeah. flight and you were like, look, I'm just going to sort of, I'll get the bike, I'll, I'll keep my powder dry, I'll sort of rest up yeah that was and go hard tomorrow and I, I was quite honest about that I, it, I mean to be honest if the formula one wasn't on i probably wouldn't have went out i i, I sort of had that in my head i'm not going to feel obligated to go out just because i've arrived i'd rather yeah. rest and then start on the monday which i did and i watched the formula one and it was great when up it was my first time at that hotel with the camp and it was my first time seeing the buffet and everything it was amazing and um had some tea all good and then monday came in the pool for a swim the pool's great by the way it's really warm given that the temperatures were like 15 16 outside i done a swim had breakfast jumped on the bike i'd done a it was an intermediate um ride and and about just before halfway i could feel my stomach was absolutely knots and i was like oh fuck i was like have i messed up my nutrition like i honestly I, I have done years ago. I mean, we all get it wrong at some point, but I'm fairly dialed in and what I need to eat and things. And I was like, I've totally fucked this. And I'm like, <laughs> honestly, I thought I was hitting the wall. I was like, that, that shit just isn't going going well. Um, you get I, the sort of, was it the weakness and the like added and all that stuff? Yeah, a bit of it? that, a bit of that. And, but the stomach, there was a sharp pain in the stomach. Mm. And, and I just thought it, it, I was just trying to digest what was going on as well as try and keep up because at this point I'm like everyone's I'm like this is this something's not right this isn't anyway, right yeah yeah so we stopped uh, halfway for the, the like the coffee stop or something and um I was I was just I was just in pieces at that point, and I think that's when it, it clicked that this I hadn't hit the wall, I hadn't bonked, mm-hmm. I hadn't missed something on my nutrition because I didn't want to eat, and I always want to eat. And you know, if you bonk, if anyone's had it where that you know they've they've messed up their nutrition, you would kill for a cola or a Mars bar or something. Um, eat anything, you eat everything, eat absolutely you know, anything. Yeah. And I just didn't want to eat anything. My stomach was in pieces, and at that point, I think someone had said, you know, we'll, we'll um, you know, you could get a taxi home. I was like, nah, I'll suffer it, and we were a bit. 40k uh, out, um, like halfway, I think it was like an 80k ride or something that I was doing. And um, anyway, so got on the bike and I shouldn't have done that. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just hellish. I, I was just in pain the whole way back and poor, uh, who was I with? I was with Tiago, Lorna, Kasia, and um, they were so, like, supportive. Like, I, I was just, I was barely functioning. Like, I, I, honestly, it was... And, and, you know, I, I, all I can describe it was just this really bad pain, absolutely zero energy. So anyway, I ended up getting a taxi seven, seven kilometres from the end. Tiago organised the taxi, jumped in the taxi, goes home, straight into my bed, woke up an hour later, and that was me vomited, uh, vomited oh. everywhere, which was instant relief. Like nothing, it, it just, it was just, a, it turns out, I didn't know at the time, but someone else had got sick. I think Fred had got sick the day before. Mm-hmm. Um 
and of course you you think oh it must be food poisoning but a few people got it at different times throughout and you know various people would eat the same things and not got it I think it was just a sort of gastro bug or something yeah because at first you, you were like Fred I think had it the first day yeah uh, and he was sort of off for the first 24 hours but then yeah. fortunately got back into it yeah but um I was struggling the- at that point I think we thought it was it could have been food because he also had a, like a piece of fish which was on yep. the side and he wasn't yeah. sure if it was good but you're right like I think there were another three or four people who yeah. had it nowhere near as bad as, I think you two probably had it the worst yeah, and definitely you suffered the most. Well, but yeah. another two or three people had touches of it the rest of the time. So it was obviously yeah. just a bug that was going yeah. around and unfortunately you took... Yeah, I took a hit for the team, man. <laughs> yeah, and so, brought it back to Amsterdam with you. <laughs> I have. I mean, I'm, as I said to you earlier, I'm just, I'm still a bit, still a bit dodgy, but I'm, I think I'm on the on the right path. But um, yeah, so it was, and then the next day was a write-off. You know, I couldn't do anything. I, I was, I was, you know, in, in, in a bad way. And then the problem I was facing after that was just, I couldn't get any energy. I, I had no appetite. So I was struggling. Like everyone's talking about how great this buffet is. And I'm going up and I'm looking at it and I'm like, not interested in that. Is, you know, something's wrong with Neil when he's oh, not eating. <laughs> <laughs> so I struggled for the whole, uh, for the rest of the time to, um, to get any energy. I went out a ride, I think on the way, I'd done a swim. I felt quite good in the swim actually. I went out on a ride on the Wednesday. It was a, beginner ride and I was struggling just to, to keep mm-hmm. up with them and usually I'm about intermediate um, so I was like nah and, and then I, I continued a couple of days and eventually I was like I've had enough I'm, I'm out of here and I, I left on the Friday um, two, two things I mean one I want to say how nice everyone was like see when I was in bed that first day after the taxi in the, in the embryo position like dying and to wake up and everyone had messaged saying oh I hope you're okay can I get anything like that there's something nice about being away from home curled up in your bed <laughs> feeling sorry for yourself and there's like everyone was so nice that that actually really helped but the other thing was just like mentally in my head, I was I was out. And that was one of the reasons I was like, I need to just get away from here because yeah. it was frustrating the hell out of me. Like I was pumped to do the uh, Sacalobra, uh, the, the the big climb and everyone's excited. And I was like, I felt like, I was like, I just felt like it was, it was, it was, it was killing me inside. Yeah, that I so it's almost like punishment it. at that point. It to, felt that to way. Be, yeah, yeah. And I thought, the only, you know, I need to start my recovery um, away. So I left, I actually left on the Friday, but um Everything was great, you know, in terms of the, the hotel and all that. And everyone was great. The energy at the camp was amazing. We'll hear more about that. Should we uh, drop one of those in? Um, yeah, so I think we could start maybe with Ed, um, who was our quiz master. But let's see what he had to say about the about the camp. Hi, everyone. It's Ed here, broadcasting live from a pen cave, a.k.a. the bottom of the, bottom of the garden in my shed. So, yeah, I've been on a Mallorca trip before. But I must say, this one took the biscuit. Just great crew, no egos. A really strong group of male and female athletes, which was great fun. Always better to train in uh, mixed bunches. Best day has to be the time we went over the Prix Major. Terrible weather. We'd all, all talked about bailing out about 70 to 80k in at the top of the Solaire climb. Hit the climb up the top, a little gap in the weather start thinking we might just be able to get over here fully expected as other people reach the the top of that climb to you know the group would split someone would go home someone would push on but every single one of us every woman every man we said we're going over the top so then yeah 
50, 60, 70 minute climb, depending how hard you go on that. And I guess what we hadn't countenance for was the horrendous weather the other side, through the cloud, the wind, the rain. Freezing tough day on the bike. A real war story, as it were. Bruno was there, though, so that was a bonus. Best looking man in the club. And there we were, huddled around the fire and Luke back to the hotel at about 6.30, having left around 10 a.m. that morning. So a true epic. Thanks to everyone. I had the time of my life. Been away from the club for a couple of years and I'm smitten. I've fallen in love with Attack again and knocking out this at uh, about 270 watts for you. So there's Mallorca Fitness. Cheers, everyone. Bye-bye. There we are. He's knocking one out at 270 watts. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Hope you got some shabby cream. <laughs> <laughs> I've now worked out. It, it took me a while. I now know, maybe this is well known, but who Ed reminds me of. Who, who's the guy that's always like Ricky Gervais' little sidekick? Stephen um, Merchant. Yeah, he's, that's it. He's, he's, he's sort of Stephen Merchant. I'm gonna I'm gonna put these two put these two <laughs> audio things together, but yeah, I mean there's there's Ed getting you know almost emotional there on his turbo trainer talking uh, about camp. Hey, it's really I nice think giving a camp uh, sort of camp review at 270 watts is pretty pretty solid effort to be honest. So it's like uh, you and your AGM uh, a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I think Ed made like that was a cracking day. I was out on that uh, Solaire day, and it was it was one where. Uh, you're not always sure what you're doing while you're out there, but when you come back, there's a real sort of a comradeship amongst mm, those of you yeah. who got over and it was, um, yeah, a great day there. And and another thing that, that Ed touched on was sort of the fact that we were almost, I'd say almost a 50-50 mix, sort of yeah. uh, ladies and gents. Um, on that ride or at camp? Not on that ride, although we're probably not far away from that, I but on the camp that. on the whole, right. um, it was a really nice mix. And yeah. also, I think we commented a few times, I I noticed as well, just on the road, just so many more groups of uh, of women out on the road and yep. uh, more mixed groups. So it's, you know, it's really cool to see sort of how cycling and, and triathlon as well, but definitely yeah. cycling is sort of, you know, kind of breaking down that barrier of being so male dominated. So um yeah, cool. So it's all very well hearing about my uh, war story, but there was a few more. I think there was a, there was a couple of injuries, uh, or I think uh, Lorna actually had a bit of a uh, fall and, and hurt her, her wrist, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then from what I heard after I left... Um, there was a there was a there was a wave of COVID. <laughs> so uh, I that. mean, the rest of the camp was uh, went you know swimmingly, uh, <laughs> cyclingly, and runningly. But um, no, <laughs> dad joke um, went really well uh, the, the whole rest of the time, and sort of ended in the usual sort of Saturday night debauchery in the bar. Um, we'll hear about about that later. Yeah, and uh, so so all good. And then the sort of problem started on, I guess, sort of Sunday afternoon once everyone got home and there was a sort of text in the group app. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> so I just tested positive. Who was patient zero? I think them? it might have been Lotta. Lotta. I think she was, or she was certainly the first to test. So whether <laughs> She was the first to admit that no one wants yeah, to be yeah, patient exactly. zero. <laughs> but it was actually after, me. That's why I left. <laughs> yeah, after that, it was basically like one an hour with you. Like, yep, me too. And then someone else would be like, no, uh, I'm negative. Sorry. No, got it back. Positive. So, and so, and I was one of them. Um, right. So yeah, I tested a couple of days later and then it came positive. So yeah. yeah, fortunately, I think, you know, sort of, I'm, I'd say literally sort of a third to a half the camp came back with COVID. I think it was inevitable given yeah. just the way this uh, 
endemic pandemic yeah. now is going. And, going and if you look at it, like in the UK, I think a third of people had it at one point that week. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you know it, it was how it was spreading and, and you know coming through airports and hotels and stuff. And I think probably out of the ones that had it, it seems like most people got off fairly lightly. It was yeah. you know a, quite a, a mild dose. I know like my time was pretty wiped out for a couple of days, but yeah. then sort of came back around. So um, yeah, you know. It's it's unfortunately unfortunate, but I don't think it sort of took the shine off for anyone as well. No, and and I mean, I think it's inevitable. I mean that we're going to have to live with this now, and maybe that's the best timing. You know, do your camp, get COVID. Yeah, and I mean, maybe that, not that's what we were saying. It. In that, like, yeah. we got the camp done first, and also now, like, a nice. Well, sort of, it sort of sets you up for the summer of travel. Yeah, spring, as well. early summer. Yeah. You know, if there's any time to get it, get yeah. it now, and then you sort of save for the rest of yeah. Summer, so, Should we hear from someone else who was at camp? Let's do it. Um, Val- Valerie was at camp. Let's hear what Valerie had to say. Hi Matt, Valerie here. Um, I had not done a camp before. I didn't have a lot of expectations. I- Sorry, I should also add that I think Valerie is outside Niagara Falls when she's recording <laughs> this, so just so you know. Just thought it was going to be... She might have been outside Ed's pain cave. Maybe <laughs> 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 she's like, that's 270 watts of pure power in the background. Yeah training and fun times and it completely met that times 10 it was great energy positive energetic everyone was supportive and fun 24 7 every single day i love that you could make whatever you wanted out of it in terms of training and how hard you wanted to go and how many days you wanted to train etc there was always someone to go with you for any plan i would definitely go again the hotel was amazing super friendly staff exceptionally friendly amazing breakfast and dinner buffet there were so many pretty rides I cannot choose loved the bit direction for mentor but I didn't go until the end I loved the bit from Petra back to the coast like this long straight slightly downward hill stretch I loved the descent after Sakalobra slash the half Ironman climb so many good parts it was amazing super super well organized and i would recommend it to anyone bye well there we go valerie nice one it's yeah valerie was one of the stars that made it up solaire that day as well who was kind of we'll just tag along for a little while and see how it goes and 140k and three That's three thousand meters of climbing later they uh Came back with us, so yeah, yeah, she was a star of the whole camp. That's amazing, and it makes a good point about the staff. The staff were amazing at the at the hotel; super nice. Like, yeah, it always nice. comes back when we sort of look at you know where we you know will we come back again? Is this yeah. the you know the place sort of for next year? And it's tempting to look elsewhere and say, well, look, we've done Mallorca three times now. Okay, three out of five years, so not three years straight. But the thing is, when you sort of move venues, you. It's, you know, you, you kind of at the mercy of, of, of another hotel in some yeah. ways. And yeah, we true. had, um, the staff there are so good to us and it, it's such a good setup yeah. of a hotel, you know, sort of a manageable site, you know, quite a small hotel, really all manageable size. They give us the run of it. You know, they don't mind yeah. us, uh, bringing the bikes up to the rooms or yeah. whatever it may be. They give us the conference room to do our debriefs or our quizzes or whatever it might be. So they're so good in that way. And you just got a guaranteed sort of good, yeah. Uh, flexible experience and then yeah the, you know we know what the, we know the riding's great there and when you've got a group of such varied experiences and abilities it's great to sort of have that a little bit of local knowledge on the yeah. road 
you know, to, to know what people are capable of as well. So yeah, yeah I think the, this sort of overwhelming feeling was probably, we've got at least one more year of Mallorca in us. Okay, cool. Shall we, uh, shall we speak to Fred? Actually, we'll, 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 we've got Fred with us. So we'll just, we'll just ask him the, the questions. Uh, so Fred, have, have you, um, have you done a camp before? No, I have not done a camp before, um, either with attack or anyone else. Oh, okay. Well, was it was it what you expected? Yeah, it was actually better than I expected, I think. I thought it would be almost at a higher level, like everyone was at a really high level. But it was nice that it was a really good mix of people, both beginners, intermediates and advanced. So, you know, I'm a stronger cyclist, but um, running I was I was worse and uh, swimming definitely also, also worse. So it was nice to have a mix of people. And also the, you know, the triathlon, the handicap triathlon was also really nice because it gave everyone a kind of a fair, a fair level. Definitely enjoyed it. Really fun and really good training, of course, and great to be. It was my first time in Spain cycling. Also my first time in Mallorca. Really enjoyed it. Bit unfortunate with the weather. I'd definitely do it again. I'd also be interested in doing it in another place, like in southeast Spain, for example. Pretty popular to go cycling around uh, Valencia and stuff. Yeah, I would support that. Um, what did you think of the hotel and uh, location, Fred? Hotel was really great, really good service, amazing food. It's sad to leave the buffet behind. Also, a great location with the, the bike shops close by. Oh, nice. And what was your favorite ride? The favorite ride was, I have to say, yeah, Sacalobra. It's cliche, but it's just so beautiful with the twisting road and the weather was pretty good that day. And it was a great kind of big ride to finish off the week. And also by that time, like, it was really great that everyone kind of came out and did it. Ah, okay. Now there's an unwritten rule usually that what goes on in camp stays in camp, but I was hoping like you could give us some insight. Like, did you enjoy the party on Saturday night? Um, definitely enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, felt good to do it with everyone. Big ride to finish off the week. Whoa. Well, I, I, I didn't <laughs> didn't expect you to say that, Fred. What did you say to everyone after you saw them like the next again day? Yeah, thanks so much, and have a good weekend. Okay, then. <laughs> well, nice. that is uh, that is Fred's uh, little uh, insight to to the camp. Nice one to pop in. <laughs> nice one to pop in. Thanks, Fred. Um, actually, interestingly, he said he said, I mean, is it is it? I was thinking this. Is it buffet or buffet? Buffet, buffet, buffet. I don't know how you say it in English. Hi. Oh. oh well, thanks, Valerie. Um, so there we are. <laughs> there we are. Um, so yeah, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, you made a good point though around. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm still crashing. That was nice to hear as well. Like, around sort of like the different levels and the different experiences and sort of uh, everyone being able to sort of find their own groove. You know that. that yeah. I think people do think like of a training camp as being this sort of thing for pros, you know, whereas yeah. actually it's just sort of a week to have a good time with some like-minded people and, yeah, and there was enjoy doing some stuff. With so many, I mean, there was, there was like 40 odd people. I think you can find that variation a lot easier. Yeah, so I think, that was I think good. we had a bit of a joke by the end that there was a, a, a beginner's group, uh, an advanced group, and then there was a uh, intermediate one, intermediate two, intermediate three, <laughs> yeah. intermediate four. It's the four. same everywhere. <laughs> yeah. This is why the swim no gym has. So, this yeah. is why the swim gym has so many intermediate. Yeah. yeah. And there was a few sandbaggers in there. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Emma, right. So, <laughs> I think we've one more. Actually, we're going to hear from Evo and how he experienced the camp. Hey all, it's Evo. Just a quick thought on how I enjoyed Mallorca. I thought it was really well organized. It was relaxed and a lot of fun. 
as I wasn't sure what to expect, it kind of surpassed everything that I thought it would. I was impressed with the hotel as well. Nice facilities, good food. And I thought the staff, they were fantastic as, as nothing was too crazy for them. Unfortunately, there were some guests who did think there was some, some things too crazy, but at least the staff let us go. For me, the most epic ride we've done was the one to Soler, where we had four seasons uh, of weather in one ride. The recovery from that was very rewarding. I would like to go again to Mallorca just to, to do that ride in good weather and hopefully see some sunshine as that was the only thing that was missing otherwise I really enjoyed my time yeah fair point the sun was the sun was messing but, uh, yeah yeah I think that it sort of speaks volumes about uh, well Mallorca is a destination but also just the group that we had that we sort of we had shit weather, but it, it sort of didn't impact really the enjoyment. And, and, you know, there was a sort of an agreement to get up and go and, and yeah. make the most of it anyway. And no one was sort of sat around moaning about it. And, yeah. and, uh, well, I and was also, in my head. I just want to say, yeah. <laughs> well, that's in my head, you were just I was moaning about everything. Yeah. Vomiting. And, <laughs> I was thinking, like, <laughs> it might even have been nicer if I could sit out in the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, I think sort of uh we would be extremely unlucky to get sort of worse weather again but again like everyone was just such a a, a star about the whole thing and a real sort of uh yeah ha- had a sort of like can like it's cheesy but a can-do attitude around yeah. it and just be like okay what can we do today what can we the energy do? Was if that meant you know we'll we'll ride the afternoon instead of the morning that's what we're going to do today yeah, yeah. so it was um yeah that was great and um also just touched on Fred's point around Sakalova. I think like it is sort of uh, the cliche ride, but it's cliche for a reason in that, you know, that, that descent and that climb out of there, no matter how many times you do it, it's so much fun. It's so iconic. And, um, we made the move this time to, um, cause it's about a hundred ish K sort of there and back. And, and there's no way to, to shorten that ride. Cause it's really sort of, uh, I mean, you can loop it slightly, but it's an out and back essentially. Mm-hmm. And for the the Sacalabra climb, this sort of like the icon, iconic part, you go over the top of it first, descend to sea level, and then come back up the climb. So there's no two ways around that. And in previous years, maybe like that's meant that some of the the, the riders, like the beginner riders, who aren't so sure, they've maybe missed out on yeah. on that ride because they're not willing to commit. But this time, we got a, a sag wagon, so a guy met us halfway and he had room on on the top for i think he had eight bikes and fit some people in so we got pretty much i think pretty much every member of camp that was still left there uh managed to to do that ride they all rode out they all rode over the top they all did the the descent and then they all did uh the climb out and then a couple of people sort of did the 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 cyclobra climb and were like okay done for the day i'm yeah, happy yeah. and then a couple did a bit further up to the gas station and then they were done and a few made it a bit further but just brought a lot more uh, like peace of mind so i think that's something that definitely there's, there's a lot of learning experiences from an organization point as well yeah. but that's something that we definitely look to do and maybe even do for a couple of other big days so it yeah. kind of entices people to maybe have a go you yeah. know something that might be a little bit out of their comfort zone yeah but it's, um, it's what a few people were saying to me because i was most guided about not being able to do that right and or trying to do the ride, shall we say? And uh, people were saying, "Well, just sit in the in the in the broom or sit in the broom wagon." And I was like, "Yeah, could you imagine that we get to seven seats and then someone's dying, <coughs> and I've got the <laughs> eight like, seat because I just wanted to come for a jolly?" I was like, "I'm not going to do that <laughs> to like, anyone." Packet pack of potato chips over <laughs> on the lap. <laughs> <laughs> come on, you lazy kid. <laughs> so no, I didn't want to take a seat. I thought that would be really unfair. Yeah. But this is the news.
of triathlon stuff. Sounds really familiar, that voice. Oh, Let, let's talk about triathlon news. Ironman World Champs are coming up in St. George, 7th of May. Yeah, so we're only two weeks away almost, just over now. So There's uh, a couple of big names that are not in it, right? Yeah, so uh, people didn't dropping like flies at the moment, but the big ones... It's uh, like our camp. Yeah, well, we joke, but uh, it's definitely COVID to play the role. But um, the big ones, I think, uh, on the in the women's race, so Lucy Charles Barkley announced a couple of weeks ago, yeah. I think now that she had a fracture to, I think it's femur, so um, stress How fracture. Fractured femur is quite a big uh, stress fracture, I guess. So it's just it's overuse essentially. This so, is like is that not the strongest bone in the body or something? Biggest bone for biggest sure. Bone, yeah, right? I don't know if it's the strongest, but yeah. that would make sense as well. Yeah. But I think it's inside the joint there, inside the sort of socket at the mm. top there. That's going to niggle her forever. Yeah, and then uh, the big one, I guess, for the men is Jan Fredino. Mm. Unfortunately, won't be lining up. Who also got, I think, it's the Achilles injury. Right. Yeah. I so I've seen a few people. Video. Started. What's that? Sorry, I think he put a video. Someone posted that he had an Instagram video or something. I started to watch okay. it and I got distracted. But then, uh, yeah, so there's a few. And then I saw uh, Joe Skipper had COVID. He's on the way back from South Africa where he did uh, I'm in South Africa a couple of weeks ago. So uh, there's a few people falling by the wayside. Um, and I, I guess, you know, we're going to have to get used to this because I, I guess race week as well. There's probably going to be, you know, one or two but, of the sort of favorites who. <coughs> who will test positive before the race. So it's something we may but have to just, you know, face I up to. Thought, I thought we were sort of living with this, living with it now that, you know, even the advice in some countries is if you've got it, just you've got it and that's it. Like there's two points. There's one, there's testing positive and being asymptomatic. That's a bummer. And yeah. then there's being sick. Like most people I speak to that have had the, the recent variant are just a bit, shit for a couple of days yeah. so that obviously the last thing you want to do is race but the people i mean i thought that i mean a lot of advice in countries now is just well fine you've got it i mean yeah i don't know so this is you know the, like, the the big thing about this one is it's saint george so just as sort of background for that every world championships in the past has been in hawaii uh the last however many on on the islander the big island as they call it kona yeah. um but because it hasn't happened for a couple of years um basically yeah, travel to, to Hawaii is hard work, but the most important point being that if you get, what, 5,000 triathletes showing up, the local health uh, service system can't cope with a sort of a, yeah. a COVID outbreak there. So that's why it's been cancelled. And then this time it's been moved to, to St. George, which is Utah. But I, I and, just uh, thought that the idea of much an bigger area, obviously. I just, What's thought, that? I just thought the idea of an outbreak is no more because it's just as it's here. Do you know yeah, what I mean? like yeah, I guess. I like mean, the, cold. I don't the question is, I guess, with like, if you get, you know, X number of thousand people who are probably trained within an inch of illness anyway, you know, <laughs> all together in, yeah, in, in a, a confined point. environment, which you can't really stop, you know, yeah. um, about them. So I think anyway, you know, that, that is what it is. And that's going to be the negative that we live with yeah. about this race. The, the positive being that we're going to see something which is like an actual world championship. So weirdly, this is the world championships 2021 because there is going to be a 2022 in yeah. Kona later in the year. Yeah. But uh, it's a really sort of big, rocky, hilly, like rolling and big hills, I guess. Um, so it's really different from Kona. It's going to be a bit chillier, I think, compared to the Kona heat and getting warmer as the day goes yeah. on. So I think we're going to really see a sort of a different type of athlete uh, 
come strong here. And that's why maybe it's a shame that Fredino is not going to be there because we've seen he's sort of the best there's ever been on Hawaii. But it'd be interesting to see sort of how he pitches up or, or how he, you know, if he could do the same sort of uh, dominant performance in a different race sort of against what's going to be just a, a crack or was due to be a cracking field. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm still super excited about this just because of the change. And I, I hope we, it, it's the, the start of seeing the world championships, uh, rotate or move around a little bit. Yeah. More. You've all, you've been a big, um, proponent of that, I think. To, uh, to yeah. I feel in. like, I mean, there's always been athletes who've done well in, in Kona and I, I wonder whether that's because they are a world champion or because they're built for Kona. And I think, also, you know, just from a, a commercial perspective, like for, for Ironman to grow, yeah, Kona's a dream. Kona's a, the thing that the age groupers want to aspire to. But for anyone outside of, um, of North America, it's fucking expensive to yeah. get to. Yeah. Never mind the qualification process, you know. So um, yeah. it, it's sort of quite uh, exclusive in that sense. I mean, Hawaii, come on, you know, can you get any more exclusive place to to hold a world championship event. Yeah. So I, I I think it would be cool if they were to maybe go back to Hawaii every two or three years and then sort of rotate it round a little bit. of its own success really, isn't it? It really is, so but I mean, now. the way I'd do it is it personally, like rotate it every two or three years and then in the years where it's not there, just hold Ironman Hawaii as a race that people can enter and yeah. give like your average age grouper a chance to go and pay and actually do that course because yeah, most of us are never going to do that. But could you not, I mean, is that not going to then create this sort of bottleneck where people are like, right, it's in Hawaii in 2025, so that's the one I'm going to aim for. And- sure, but there's only so many qualification spaces, so Fair. go for it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that, undoubtedly, the time it's in Hawaii will be the most competitive, mm. you know, yeah, the yeah. hardest time to qualify, undoubtedly. Yeah. I know that's going to be the case, but... I still think it'd be cool if they pick some really cool venues in different places. And, you know, if they had an amazing one in, I don't know, if Challenge Roth or something like that was a, yeah. an Ironman, like World Champs or something as well, I'd love to go and see it and just go and experience yeah. it that way around. Well, I'm not going to go to Hawaii when I to qualify, do that. When I qualify for Hawaii, Matt, I'll let you come watch me. I'm going to be your, uh, like, support on the <laughs> side. <laughs> you can hold my bags <laughs> and that. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think it's going to be cracking race and it's, you know, it's, it's fun that it's eventually happening and hopefully we don't lose too many athletes between now and then. So, uh, what do you think is causing that, these injuries? Like, oh, that's a silly question, but, yeah. but you wrote it. <laughs> what yeah. I was meant to say was <laughs> like, why, why so many injuries? Is this a result of people overtraining? Is this a result of, you know, that there's now, you know, it's been a bit put in its head with it. people are trying to do a different venue, different course. People are trying to get back into after COVID. People are maybe want to do the, maybe they're, they're they've qualified for the same race eight months later or whatever. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Do you think there's a, an element of this or do you think it's just bad luck? I think with the pros, and I think there's something that we can all learn from it, but the pros, you've got a few factors. So firstly, they've missed a few world championships. And and let's say we've probably missed a couple of years of really big racing, some of the biggest racing. So I think everyone's sort of like champing at the bit to get to get to a world champs and to sort of make their mark, you know, like imagine over the last few years, you like, if you are a pro athlete, you've kind of realized how short your career is when you've just sort of had a couple of years taken away from you of of potential earning. So I think everyone's sort of eager to go. Flip side, you've also got on top of this, you've got a few athletes in both fields who have headed in and sort of really taken the bar up to the next level. So the Norwegians in, uh, in the men's field, 
you've come across and sort of torn up the rule book in terms of what, like how long it takes to get used to Ironman that you can't race an Olympic distance and Ironman distance and really sort of taken that forward. And I think that sort of put the frighteners up some of the pros and they've been wanting to sort of train to the same level, push themselves more and more. And then also like, this is a world championship race in May. Mostly, you know, most, most of the time people are doing sort of their warm up races, maybe a few halves, but at this time of year, so they've probably been going harder and long for longer. Yeah. So I think all of that is sort of it's the inevitable that some people are going. Yeah, to it's overused, and and, yeah. and Lucy Charles's I don't know about Fredino's, but it's definitely it's a stress fracture. Which like the difference being that you know it's not a one-off injury, it's not a contact yeah. injury, it's something that's developed over tens of thousands of kilometers. Essentially, that, that's going to have to be. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm no physio, no expert whatsoever, but I'm just thinking like. Femur, like, I, I remember when I used to work in a hospital, like, the most common thing you used to see in, like, old people was fractured neck of femur, it was broken hips, right? Yeah. And stuff. I mean, I, I don't know, is this normal to fracture your femur? I mean, I've that heard, Yeah, I mean, I guess, the, I mean, like something sense. else to throw in there is when they're trying to get faster and faster, they tend to get leaner and leaner, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah And yeah. so uh, if you start to lose some of the bone density in there with that, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's what, yeah. And I, I think, I really think that, that a lot of these athletes are just even closer for like for more of the year, they're yeah. even closer to that barrier, you know, that, that sort of boundary. But I think, I say, I think there's something possibly to learn from that in the, you know, um, for the rest of us, it's been probably two years of not really racing consistently. And most of our races haven't happened. Like I've done two races in the last two years and both yeah. happened to just be Ironmans, but yeah. like nothing around that. You know, so I can't wait. I can't wait to get out there and do some racing. So, but I think there's sort of a a bit of like a patience game here and not trying to like bite off too much too soon because also we, that's two years that our bodies haven't been used to yeah, racing that, as well. That's so. true. I mean, you wouldn't go out and do an Ironman without any training or on a new bike or anything. Would you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Complete lunacy. Right. right. Who's your male pick then for the world champs? Uh, heart or head. So, uh, for heart says we have never had a British male winner. Of, uh, nope. Nope. In, uh, in Hawaii. And actually I'd like a British, what like British male, female. I think, uh, Not Joe really. Skipper and Kat, uh, Kat Matthews could do it. But, but this realistic- is St. George, right? This one isn't in, in, in Hawaii. What's that? This one is not in Hawaii until later in the year, right? Which one? So... I thought you were saying we've never had a winner in Hawaii. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So we've never had a world championships winner even. Ah. So, um, yeah, I'd like Joe Skipper, but he's, he's the one that's had COVID recently. And, uh, so I I think probably my favorite for the male, or I think Gustav Eden may take it. Uh, he's, he won the half over this course, the Ironman 70.3 world champs over this course. And, He's a light, he's smooth. I think he'll have the patience and the, you know, the bike and the run to, to take this. And it's either, I think it's a two horse race for the women. It's either Kat Matthews or, uh, Laura Phillip. And I'm going to go with Kat Matthews. So they're my two picks. Just curious. Uh, who's the Brownlee that's still in? Is it Al- Alistair? Ali, yeah. Is he, do you think he's done? Do you think he's just too much competition now? I mean, because he, he I saw him race the... Um, Oceanside recently. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, he did great, but just not quite good enough. The problem I mean, with Brownlee, he, he's probably the best one day triathlete there's ever been. Like yeah. one day race. I mean, two, two Olympic goals says that, 
but he's an aggressive racer. He wants to race, literally. Yeah, you've and I think Iron Man is a patience game. Yeah, you've seen it with the, the run, actually. Yeah, he's it trying worked. to break people. Aye. Whereas, like, I, like even in a 70.3, like, the, the race is won in the last three kilometers of the run. Mm. And he's already looking to break people on the bike, yeah. to take people on the run. He's like a, you he's know, he's a puppy dog kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he's very aggressive yeah. in his way of racing. And he wants to... Like Iron Man's almost sort of who slows down least. So like uh it's about like who loses last almost yeah, yeah, yeah. in that sense. Whereas he wants to break people and win, which is what you can do in short distance racing. Yeah, but, but no, I, I feel like do if, you think he has to change his mind like mental state? Mindset I think it's to, I think to, it's mind rather than physical. Yeah, I think yeah, if he could be very... patient and say like I'm gonna be. I'm not. I'm just gonna stay with whoever's at the front, and I'm not gonna do anything till 35 kilometers into the run. Yeah. I think he would. He, based on his training and his figures, like a two a two thirty marathon is like sleepwalking to him, <laughs> like which is crazy, right? But so, but he just needs to. He needs to see who's at the front because he can be at the front of the race all day. But he just needs to say, like, I'm going to stay on the feet of whoever's at the front of the race. I'm going to yeah. take the, I'm going to take the front of the field as little as possible. I'll do a turn if we're on the bike, and we're trying to stick. Like, especially if they get a group uh, out the swim away from the the Norwegians behind them, which there's a chance they do, yeah. and make that either the Norwegians work really hard to bridge up or keep them behind but if he was to literally just say i'm gonna be on the shoulder whoever's on front all day yeah. until 35k yeah. and that's when i'll put a black uh, you and know psychologically that can mess up that person as well so yeah but i just think like he he's un- incapable of doing it even if you look at his run form he's like he's got kind of a ballistic he's such yeah. a heavy impact a heavy explosive and yeah. And Iron Man isn't about that. It's sort of like about smoothness and efficiency yeah. and, and stuff. Uh, do you think well, there's more to come from him then? Don't know. From He's doing races. the sub seven uh, effort later this year and we'll see how everything goes to that. But I, I don't know that he's got the mindset to to be able to do this. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I feel like he's such a sort of natural born winner that I wonder if a, another couple of races that he doesn't win, he'll just be like, to hell with this. Yeah. Okay, right. We're going to move on. We're going to talk about attack news. Um, so, yeah, we have almost an entirely new board. Um, not a reflection of the club in any way. It's not like everyone decided, oh, screw this. But, uh, well, I guess they did, but not because of the club. I, I think, think because having of been on the last board that did sort of step away, there was a bit of, uh, actually, it was sort of, it was emotionally quite draining to be yeah. a part of this during COVID when, yeah, weirdly, when you couldn't do anything. You had more to do. Yeah, well, not just more to do. So there was that, but also sort of, you, you, it's hard to get any of the energy back. Then, I mean, as a volunteer in anything, right? You're doing it for, yeah, for the good of others, but you need to see some of that good yeah. coming back and some of that energy coming back. Yeah, and so during COVID, street. when it was really just sort of, you know, everyone was in a holding pattern, yeah. it's kind yeah. of hard to uh, get the enthusiasm up for that. Yeah. So I think, I, know, I think, you know, that, there was a few of us who'd been around for a few years and I think it was yeah. time for some new blood as well. Yeah. So we have a couple of new positions. Um, so we have the, the so we have S- Sebastian is now the El Presidente. Uh, we're going to get him on the next episode, hopefully, if he turns up. Um, maybe he will, maybe he won't, nobody knows. We're giving him like five weeks notice, so even for <laughs> Seb, that should be uh <laughs> We need to possible. start getting some lines out of Narcos or something and see if we can threaten him. Um, 
Yeah, so he'll 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 be on to talk more about the the leadership team and and, and the roles and, and what people do and give an update and what the club's doing. But it's looking very positive. There was a great newsletter came out during the week. Um, and if you haven't read it, read it. If you haven't got it, check your spam folder. If you haven't it's got it after as that, well. yeah, it was really good. It was really well done. Um, if you still haven't got it, then email whoever's in charge. But I'm not sure. Just message uh, Seb. He's 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 more than happy to get messages from everyone about the new about um not twenty four seven as well. Do it at night. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So there's there's a lot going to be changing. You'll hear more about it. We'll 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 talk more about that. I think with with Seb um, when it comes. Um, now, do we have a do we have a, a sort of <laughs> rundown of who's on the board to hand? Do you have it? I did have it, but um, it's in the email. Ah, yeah, that, that was that was a few days ago. Let me see. I'll go on the website. Let's have a look at the leadership team. Nah, it's still the old one. <laughs> well, the first thing the board has to do is update the website. <laughs> I did have it because Sebastian had sent me. But, I, you know, I think we can discuss that later when Sebastian's on. We'll talk more about the who's, who's in the leadership team, what the roles are, what they're going to do, and then the plans for the future. But it's looking, it's looking very exciting. Um, so any other attack news, um, Matt? There's a lot of chatter on the um, on the on the WhatsApp group. I'm kind of disappointed. I only got second place for the person who chats the most on on the group. I'm, that's that's yeah. a bit of a bummer. Beat you again. I think I'm going to. Um, what's that? I said I win again. Beat you again. <laughs> you I was, was going to say in my defence, I did organise a training camp uh, uh, basically a, via oh, WhatsApp. So. Yeah. So whenever you <laughs> message, I'm just going to reply twice. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Any message Matt says, two replies come for me. Um, <laughs> You've no. met my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, any, any other news? I mean, a lot of people are getting back to racing and stuff. There's a lot of chat. There's a lot of chat about yeah. equipment. We'll come on to maybe some of that. But um, yeah, I, no, mean, I was going to say great. the same. Just I think it's uh, you can see sort of life coming coming into the group, being breathed yeah, into nice. the group already. A bit of leadership uh, or new yeah. leadership, but also just loads of new members coming on because of the time of year. Yeah, a lot a more lot like training coming in, a lot more sort of events coming up. We had. Yeah. Even after Mallorca, there was, I think, what, probably 10 of them down in, uh, went down for the Amstel Gold Race and stuff. Oh, uh, so there's a lot more sort of uh, things happening. There's often kind of pizza after uh, swim yeah. sessions and stuff. So really good to see just a bit more sort of like social yeah. parts as, as well as the as, as well as the training coming back. Yeah. So we're going to come on to another section, a new section of the show. We're going to try and keep this up and it's called Worth It. You know, it's a small segment about... You, you came up with this idea actually, Matt, that there's a lot of tech, products, science in triathlon and, and, and endurance sports. And sometimes it's hard to know with us all being, or most of us being the, the sort of average triathlete, um, what should we focus on in terms of our time or our money or, you know, where should we do it? So um, we thought we'll spend a couple of minutes doing a deep dive on on some topic, on, on a topic per, per episode. Yeah, it sort of came out of a, a quite a few sort of like dinners and, you know, they were long dinners at the camp because obviously the buffet was so good. So there was many I don't know. courses. I mean, I heard it was good. <laughs> I ate enough that for you anyway, so uh, <laughs> I ate your, your part. But um, it was interesting, like we used to sort of do the, the sort of training update, but I think, you know, yep. without repeating it ourselves every 12 months. Yeah, just, and that, go that back, kind yeah, of, just go back the last yeah, 12 yeah, exactly. episodes and you'll get it all. 
Exactly. But what, you know, people were sort of like asking about all these different technologies and, and really it comes down to like, is it worth it? Like, is it something I yeah. should either invest my time in or invest my money? And it's just seen there's, there's so many of these subjects. So I thought this could make a fun We need to get someone to segment. do a jingle for it. Who should we get? Well, we should have to think about this. We need, we need a voiceover artist to do the, is it worth it jingle? If anyone's got any ideas, messages. Don't put it in the group though, because you can't beat my score for the best number of WhatsApps. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you'll you'll reply four times. <laughs> so, um, so you gave me a list of subjects, and you said I could choose one of them, and I, I actually chose one. Now, you you gave things like you know aero versus weight of bike or aero position, I guess best bang for. But we're going to come on to these, but not in this episode. I, I thought I would pick one that might be a little less boring, but <clears throat> quite apt for us because we were discussing yeah. this during the week, and that is flying versus driving to a race um and you know it comes up every now and again and it came up with us during the week we're doing elsinore um near copenhagen yeah uh, in june and we were like well do we fly or do we drive and i decided i think i was going to drive and i can tell you my reasons for it but i'm not sure if it's right or wrong and i guess there is no right or wrong but the, the approach that i took to it um so we're gonna yeah be keen to hear your thoughts on this as well matt but for me Flying versus driving, I've done both. Um, and flying is, for me, it's like, I tell you the worst thing is when you're sitting on the plane and you see your bag, <laughs> I'm not going to say placed into the hold, but thrown into the hold or thrown yep. off the hold. And at that point, I sort of decided if I can ever drive to a race reasonably unscathed, um, I'm going to drive. And Elsinore is a bit touch and go because it's eight, eight to nine hours. Yeah. Um, but I decided to drive for for the hassle factor, right? I don't have to worry about packing the bike, dismantling the bike. Even my bike got damaged the last race I'd done as well. One of the wheels got damaged. Um, and then I saw them launching it. You know, it's just, just everything. I was like, you know, for me, it, it's that. Now, the trade-off um, is the eight-hour drive. So I'm leaving a day earlier than I might have done if I was flying, for example, because, you know, driving can take it out of you. Um, that was my thought process. I'm curious to know what you think. Yeah, I sort of like, because we were chatting about this, I, I came up with almost like a rule for myself on this. I think eight hours is the cutter or sort of right. eight hour range. Is we might sort need of where, to drive quite fast to get in that eight Well, you know, I think it's like eight to nine hours officially, right? <laughs> to, eight to 10 or 12 yeah. to 14. <laughs> no, I think eight to nine hours is probably like where it makes day, sense. Because once driving, you get to 12 hours or something, yeah. then obviously like a yeah. two hour flight is probably, yeah. you know, even it's including worth. the time at the, each end and stuff yeah. like that. So you're looking at like, let's say if you're racing in Barcelona, and for the, I always find this such an amazing thing, like being from the UK, right? That we can drive the whole of Europe. Like this is, yeah. this is such, this is still a novelty to me, like 20 years I'm later. I'm kind of the same actually. Whatever, Until you've like, done the same route once yeah. or twice, like, cause I drive yeah, to exactly. But I'm like, Barcelona, what, you can drive there? <laughs> like, that seems mental They've to me. They've even got still. the internet and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's probably what, a 12 hour drive, I'd say down there. And then you're looking at, a, a, what, an hour 45 flight, maybe something like that to get yeah. down there. So I think that's probably where the cutoff, oh, sorry, that's beyond the cutoff for me, for me yeah. in yeah. terms of what's worth it. But I think the pros that maybe aren't considered, and this is where I think it's sort of, uh, sort of worth thinking about at this point. And if you're racing within that six to eight hour sort of window, things like the fact you can get your bike serviced at home and get your bike yeah. set up and everything. And then if you're just dumping it into the car or like you've got a, like a roof rack or you've yeah. got a, a, a tow bar a rack on the back or whatever it might be, you can be sort of reasonably, you know, assuming everything's tight enough and everything reasonably secure that 
that that's not going to change. Whereas, especially for big races, sort of if it's my A race, I tend to book a service at the other end just because after after all the, you know, the travel and bikes you have to take apart and most of these the fucking dry bikes are so complicated nowadays. <laughs> they're really hard to travel with, yeah. you know, so you, you're taking the whole thing apart, doing different wheels, all these different things. And, uh, I think that's sort of, uh, uh maybe a, a saving in some ways that you, you don't necessarily think about. Yeah. Then the other thing is like that, just that I find it a pain to, and quite stressful to pack for a flight Yeah, in terms of a, you're limited. So you need to be fitting certain things in, which you're not sure. And then B, there's things like uh, CO2 cartridges, which you're not allowed to Yeah, I never to knew that. I've you. done it every time. <laughs> yeah, I've had, I've had, you know, sort of hit and miss Pure with that. I've had them taken off me as well, or I had right. my bag open for them. And uh, just so being slightly less, because it's not like you need to take sort of four times more gear, but it's sort of like, maybe it's a little bit more than you can fit in your case, right? Yeah. You know, so there's yeah. those sorts of things. Uh, which sort of, I think make that sort of slight, yeah, inconvenience of an eight hour drive worthwhile. And then, uh, things like being able to sort of look after like uh, when you stop, how you stop. So when I've like driven to races, so like Roth or something like that, where we drove six hours, I was able to even sort of like sort of plan the day. And even I think on the way there sort of stopped three or four hours in and, and I had a 25 minute easy jog that day and went out ah. and did my 25 minute easy jog and then got back to the car. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's just stop you right there. We've agreed to drive together, but I was not made aware of it. <laughs> I just want to be clear here. Am I getting roped into doing a 25 minute mat pace run halfway between here and Copenhagen? Potentially. <laughs> maybe it's the swim. Maybe we'll, we'll yeah. swim across the, uh, the water. <laughs> yeah, 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 instead of the ferry. <laughs> It's a fair point though. You can plan yeah. stuff in, yeah. Yeah, you can sort of plan stuff in like food and drink stops a little bit easier. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, you can sort of take care of that nutritional aspect yeah. a little bit easier than you can on the plane Yeah, as well. Yeah. And then there's also the fact that uh, just when you get to the other end, you've got a car. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that makes it a little bit easier to get to the hotel and stuff. Yeah. Even maybe if you have another chance, so, you know, I always like to, if I can, uh, check out a course before, but if not, you could maybe drive a, a little bit of it. You yeah, know, we can the, pretend we're like Chris Freeman that go around the car and, uh, and yeah, the car yeah. and check the course. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think I think there's a lot of sort of pros to yeah. it, and I think like once you, yeah, once you sort of get to a certain point, I, I'd say even sort of once you get beyond that. But if you're making once you get beyond eight hours, you're probably making more of a weekend of it, right, or making a week's holiday of yeah. it at yeah. that point but this yeah. is we're talking more you know purely in terms of like going and coming back for the yeah. race essentially so within a what three four day window yeah exactly sort of thing okay so, so you're a fan of driving then i'm going to take that as if I'm gonna say, I, I think it's better if you can yeah okay we'll see how that goes after june now I, I'm, I'm hoping it will be um, be better okay this might be our shortest one yet. <laughs> We've come yes. to the end. Are you reading anything at the moment or listening to anything? I'm watching Succession on uh, HBO Max. Really good. How I'm great like, is it? I'm loving it. Don't ruin it. I'm almost at the end of season one, but I'm loving it. It's it so, gets better and better. That's what I'll say. so fucked up, that <laughs> Um Really enjoying it, it. Yeah, I just, I, I think, was it season one or season two? And I got to the end of it and I was like so 
in fact, not, it's one of those shows that, that we watch together here. That, you know, we, we can't yeah, watch more without. Yeah. And, but it was so it. good. I think it was season two. They're like, we, we couldn't watch anything else afterwards because everything else just was so bad because it wasn't succession. Really? You know, like everything bad, else was. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I, I think it's as good a th- as good a show as I've ever seen. Oh, nice, I, I think. Nice. And it strikes that really ba- like great balance of being sort of drama very funny at times as well but in quite a dark way as well i like it i really like it yeah yeah and season three is excellent too so uh i've got that to look forward to but i'm also um on i'm I'm embargoed i can't watch it unless magda's watching it with me so and i always fall asleep so it takes me ages to watch these things (laughs) but she's 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 raging as well um what are you watching or reading or listening to I think I said last time I'm still going through my, uh, I'm still revisiting Ozark or, yeah. or sort of like catching up with Ozark. So I'd never seen that before. So I'm on to yeah. season three. Oh, nice. I don't uh, think I've even got season three. And then what we've the just uh, gone through We Crashed on Apple TV, which is the story of oh, the WeWork yeah, I love the story. story. I listen to the podcast. Um, I don't have Apple TV at the moment, but um, is it worth it? Is it worth watching? It's interesting enough. It's a bit wiggy and a bit uh, I mean, kind of... I know, like such a shambles. It, it sort of paints its its messages very clearly. It's not subtle in that sense, but yeah. it's it's kind of a fun thing to learn about and yeah. and stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite enjoying that um, on that side. And then uh, yeah, I've, I've reached that point. You know, when you've got a bit sports saturation sort of yeah. thing. So um, the only thing sort of following, you know, we've had a great classic season on the cycling. So coming to an end now, so I've been following a few cycling podcasts and stuff, but, uh, I think probably the same old, the same ones we've, we've talked about. Actually, I don't know if we ever said cycling tips, cycling tips has a really good podcast. I'd recommend okay. that one. Okay, cool. Okay. Well, um, on that, we'll be back next month with hopefully with Sebastian. El Presidente is going to come in and give us uh, the lowdown on on the new leadership team and the plans for the club. And I'm sure we can get him involved in some other shenanigans. Hopefully uh, we're both rested and recovered (laughs) and somewhat somewhat more alive. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) I think I'm on the right path now. Although I did say that a month ago or when I came back for camp, but... um, I'm feeling I'm feeling better now and hopefully, and I, hopefully I'm off for a week to. in Turkey at all inclusive kid paradise adult <laughs> kid paradise parent adult hell, hell stroke paradise because <laughs> the kids are happy that's so, true uh, as long as they can go to the kids club it's yeah, fine exactly then, uh, exactly so I'm going to be rested I'm going to be healthy I may have put five to ten kilos on but you know <laughs> well then I'll maybe be okay doing that run halfway to Copenhagen <laughs> yeah, <then>. yeah. <laughs> right on that we're out <laughs> see ya bye Subscribe, rate, and review Attack the Pod wherever you listen to podcasts. Find show notes and links on attack-club.nl and leave comments, questions, and suggestions on Instagram at attack.club. Happy training and racing.